At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. The title of my message tonight is A Time to Judge. A Time to Judge. Well, what does that mean? Glad you asked. Because I'm going to give it to you tonight. If you haven't listened to the, this series, you haven't listened to these messages, I, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it. And if you haven't listened to any of these, this is your first time to hear one, this one, this message is, you know, by the Holy Ghost you'll get it, but it's not going to make as much sense as if you had heard the other messages or some of them anyway. Um, but... Um, We've been talking about, we've been talking about, to kind of boil it all down, we've been talking about how that our focus in life in this time period, in this dispensation of time, this is the church age, and in this time, we need to be focusing on grace and mercy and not on judgment. There's a time to judge, and we're going to look at a few things that the Bible says about judging. And um, there's a time to judge, but this isn't it. This is not the time for you to be living your life in judgment of other people, of situations. You have opinions. Everybody has an opinion. But what you do with opinion, your opinion determines whether you operate in grace and mercy or in judgment. And we weren't created to judge. Not here. You know why? Because you have to be mature to judge. And if all you do is judge based on what you see with your eyes and what you hear with your ears... You're no good at it. Isaiah says Jesus came here to judge not based on what he saw or what he heard, based on who he was. Based, judged everything in life on who he was. Jesus spent 30 years of preparation realizing what grace and mercy was all about, what his purpose was, what, what he really came to do, and that was to liberate, give us the ministry of freedom so we could be free and not live in bondage. And when you live your life judging, you stay in bondage. You stay in condemnation and under condemnation. You stay stirred up with the rest of the world. Born again, but stirred up with the rest of the world. 95% of the scriptures that we've looked at in this whole series that started around the first part of June, 95% of these are to the church, to the believer. This doesn't have to do with the world. People that are not believers, that are not growing in the things of God, this has to do with the church. We've got to be better than this. So our <clears throat> number one foundational scripture was Matthew 7, 
And I'm just going to read the first verse tonight. And Jesus said, judge not that you be not judged. He's trying to save us. He said, judge not. In um, Luke 6 and verse 37, he says, he says it this way. He said, judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Next verse says, give and it shall be given unto you. On and on and on, what he's talking about is what you sow that you reap. You sow judgment, you reap the effects of judgment. You sow grace and mercy, you reap that. You live in that. Definition that I gave you of judging is to condemn by decision. I mean, I mean, we got to be honest. We got to be honest that in really direct judging situations in our lives, we want people to pay for what they've done. And the person that brings down the gavel and says what the sentencing is, is the judge. And you're not him. Amen? Because the judge... Our Heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the three-in-one, the package deal, their judgment flows through grace and mercy because of the blood of Jesus. you got to stay with me tonight on this. I don't have a lot of passages, but i got two things to say tonight that are life-changing. They've literally change the way I think about people and situations. So stay with me on this. But to judge is to condemn by decision. It's trial by judge, not trial by judge and jury. Again, as I've said, you're not the judge, but a lot of times people want to be judge and jury. And we're not that and we're not good at that, and you, you'll, you'll, you'll live in your life, you'll live failing in life, not producing what God intended you, for you to produce here when you live in those judgments. <clears throat> Just a side note, I'm going to read you a verse of Scripture. How many are reading your Proverbs every day? Don't lie. Anyway, but I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this proverb that I read today. It's found in Proverbs 15 in the last verse. And I'm going to read it this time around. I don't know how many times around this has been since the first of the year, but um, this time around, I'm back in the Passion Translation, and I think I'm going to stay in the Passion the rest of the time. The rest of this year, I'm going to stay in the Passion, probably the rest of my life. No. But just listen to this verse. Proverbs 15 and verse 33 in the Passion. The source of revelation knowledge is found as you fall down in surrender before the Lord. 
Don't expect to see Shekinah glory until the Lord sees your sincere humility. Don't expect to see the things that you're really looking for until there's sincere humility. And I'll tell you this, he's not talking about false humility. He's talking about what real humility is. Those who humble themselves under the mighty hand of God, He will exalt you at the proper time. True humility is believing and trusting God's Word above everything else. But that means trusting and knowing the Word every day in every situation that you face. It's not just saying, oh yeah, I just trust God. No, 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 that's, that's a bunch of stuff. Bogus. No good. I'm going to read that again. The source of revelation knowledge is found. The source comes from me, I'll just use myself, falling down in surrender before the Lord. And, and, and that's, that's, that, that may be literally laying before the Lord, falling to your knees in a situation, but it means coming out of yourself and into Him. Don't expect to see the Shekinah glory, the, the manifestation of His glory, until He sees the sincere humility within. It's not false humility. It's not what I do. It's how my life is changing internally and how I'm viewing His Word and taking His Word and applying it. Now, you're here tonight to hear me deliver something from Him. Okay? And I'm telling you, you got to get rid of judgment. You want to live the life in the, you want to live in the fullness of God. You got to get rid of judgment. First Corinthians 11, verse 31. Title is A Time to Judge, and here's a time to judge. For if you would judge yourself, you would not be judged. But when we're judged, we're chastened by the Lord. So, he said, when you're judged, you're chastened by the Lord, but that judgment comes from you doing the judging. You allowing the Word to judge you. You allowing the Word to judge every situation that you find yourself in, and before... You allow your mouth to open up and declare specific things that you get from God what needs to be said and what needs to be done. On purpose, we've taught on a life, what a life of prayer and confession is, over the, especially over the last six or seven years. We've taught on it continuously. Because you've got to believe that you can turn the tables on the enemy in situations with other people 
by declaring the mercy of God. Remember, mercy we defined as being pardoned from misery. When I'm involved in judgment over other people's lives, I get in agreement and kind of in cahoots with what's going on with the misery of other people's lives. You think about, you think about this, okay? Just some dumb example. But apply this to other examples that you know of. Somebody accuses you of doing something ugly to them. They get on social media. Man, they, they, they just fired up on social media. I mean, it's on fire, their thing. And they're telling everybody that they're friends with what a jerk you are and how ugly you are and what you've done to them. And you know, you know, that's not true. Now, I got an opinion, and I got a strong opinion when that happens. That's happened to me multiple times. People get on there and said things about me as a pastor. Things that I've never even thought about. And I didn't say that you just have to, oh, just ignore it. No, 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 that's bull. You're not going to just ignore it. You've got to dig deep, and you've got to go to the Word, and you've got to know what God says about that situation. You don't know what, what is behind what they're doing and what they're saying, right? You don't know what all, is all behind that. And that's one of the reasons we, have, we are privileged to know how to pray in the Spirit. We, we don't, our mind is unfruitful. Our mind is screaming. Our mind is upset. Our mind wants to attack. Our mind wants to judge. Our mind wants to let everybody know what they've done to me was wrong. Now... They did wrong in saying what they said about, if it was to me, about me. Then I get on there and I start hammering them. Now I'm in agreement with what they've done. Oh, no, I'm not in agreement. No, 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 you are. Now you're saying that what they said is wrong and now you're coming against them. Now you're sowing those same kind of judgmental seeds against their life. See, the, the great thing about God is, I mean... He is the most creative one that there is. And he has creative ways at getting to the bottom of something, but the dadgum bad problem with God is it takes him so long. Huh? We could have this thing cleaned up in, in a day, getting on social media and telling them all, what you know, give them some of my opinion. Man, I could clean it up. Sometimes people are going to believe, you know, you know, people are going to believe what they want to believe. Yeah. See, if it's something that happened to me and somebody said something about me and in the back of people's mind, they know that's not true, but they're still going to believe it and they're still going to go with it. And sometimes there may not be restitution or reconciliation until you go to the other side. Sometimes it may be 10 years, but God's got the plan. And the only reason I know He has the plan is that if I'll do what Proverbs 15 says, 
and I lay before the Lord about something that I don't know what to do, and I want to I kill somebody, you know, not really, but you know what I'm saying. You, you want to go and, and give them a piece of your mind, and you lay before the Lord, and you listen to God about what to do about that situation, He will lead you, and He will teach you how to operate in His grace and mercy that saved you and pardoned you and pardoned you from a miserable life. And in doing so, it'll keep you from living the miserable life that they're living because somebody that will do that to someone else. I mean, I mean, some of the things that have been done to me or said about me, I wouldn't say, I, I wouldn't say it. I mean, I wouldn't tell Tammy the things you know, that some of the things that have been said, and, or I wouldn't say it to my worst enemy. Why? Where, where am I going to get with that? All of a sudden, I'm involved in all this stuff that's being said, and now I'm pulling myself out of what God wants me to do. And I'm telling you, you can't hear you can't think, you can't see. All you do is think about that stuff. You meditate on it day after day after day. And yet the Word shows you how to get rid of it. He said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not be conformed to the world's way of thinking, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Think like me is what God's saying. Think like me, act like me, do what I say, and everything's fine. You know, when you boil the whole Bible down, that's what he's saying. Learn to think like me. Do as I would do. Listen to me. Don't make a decision on your own, not one. And when you don't know what to do, don't do anything until you know. And everything will be okay. It's the way it was with Jesus. That's the way it will be with you and I. He said, but when we're judged, we're chastened of the Lord that we, not, we may not be condemned with the world. So what's attached to the judgment of God for us is mercy and forgiveness. See, that's already attached. So the time for you to judge is to judge yourself. And you know what? I used to think, well, you know, you don't want to judge yourself and be all focused on how bad everything is. I'm not talking about how focused on how bad things are. Judge yourself and your motive in every situation that you find yourself stepping into. You do that, and then you're not under the condemnation of the world. I don't want to live under condemnation. I refuse to live under condemnation, so I'm going to do what he says right here. I'm going to judge myself. We read in... We read several scriptures, one out of um, Galatians 6. I think it's first part of Galatians 6. He said, you who are spiritual, restore one that has had things happen in their life. Something bad's happened or things haven't worked out in their life. You who are spiritual, restore. You know what that means to me based on what we've been teaching here? You who understand the grace and the mercy of God, you, you who understand how the kingdom of God operates... Restore that person. It's your job. He's not coming out of the clouds. He's already done everything. He needs you and I in that restoration mode that he wants us to realize that's part of our calling is to bring restoration to humanity. Can you say amen to that? Um, <clears throat> so, you know, to do that for people, 
This is an example I was thinking of the other day. There has to be, a, there has to be an active releasing of things within ourselves. If, um, if, Dale, if Dale owed me, if he owed me a thousand dollars, if he owed me a thousand bucks, and he was struggling to pay that back to me, and I went to him one day and I said, you know what, Dale? You don't owe me that. You don't owe me the thousand dollars. I'm just, I'm releasing the debt against you. That's what forgiveness is like. Because in our lives, when I'm the one actively forgiving, I have to release things that I want people to pay for. Hmm? You owe me, or you owe humanity, or you owe being, you know, because of the things that you've done. You owe. And when I'm saying I forgive, I'm saying, you know what? Uh-uh. I release it. But that doesn't mean you tell somebody that has done you wrong that I release you. You know, that, that stirs up all kinds of things most of the time. I'm talking about between you and God. And then notice that verse I read to you earlier when you humble yourself under his mighty hand, meaning you're going to do it his way, then he begins to exalt you and things work out. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm here believing in it and, 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 and ready to experience in a greater way the Shekinah glory that that verse of Scripture was talking about. Seeing the glory manifested in my life, in your life, in our lives. But it's not going to happen without that true humility, doing it God's way and not our way. Can you say amen? amen? Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27 says this, and as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1 says this. To everything, there is a season. To everything is a season. And then he says, there's a time for every purpose under heaven, time to be born, a time to die. He didn't say an appointed time, and nowhere in the Scripture, when you look at the, in the Hebrews here, or you look in the Greek, in, in, the, in, in uh, Hebrew nine, Hebrews 9, where we were just were, nowhere does it say there's an appointed time. You remember when the Apostle Paul made this statement? He said, you know, for me to leave is, I feel like it's better, but I know I need to stay here with you, but I'm not sure what I want to do. For people that believe that their day is appointed, it's like, okay, I've lived to this day, and then I don't have any choice, and I'm just going to leave. That, 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 wouldn't, that wouldn't line up with that theology. And the Apostle Paul himself said, I'm finished. I'm done. 
all through the Old Testament, many different times, the Bible says that long life has been promised to us. Not just any kind of life, but life worth living long life. Can you say amen? So there's a season when you know your life is up. When you're walking this out with God, when you're walking in the grace and the mercy of God, and your life is and, and, and you're, you're walking it here, and you're, your life is becoming freed of judgment and judgments, then there'll be a season when you know your life and your time is done. You'll know it. See, because it's not an appointed day. And, and, and the reason I'm saying that about this verse of Scripture here, he said, so you're going to live here and then there's judgment. You know, in one, one scripture in, in the Bible, it says that we will judge angels. That's right. But see, to take on that role, you have to be mature. That's right. <laughs> and I'm telling you, down here, it's not time to judge. Because you get yourself in a mess of trouble thinking... Your opinion is bigger than God. And I'll just tell you, I mean, you know, I'm not probably the most educated person on the planet, but to me that equals pride. For me to think that I know better than God and His Word when He said don't judge so that you're not judged. He didn't say don't judge or I'm going to kill you. He said don't judge so you don't get hurt. Trying to keep you out of a mess of trouble. And for me to think that I can every day not have to learn to develop the way I act and the way that I react to situations and the way I judge and the way I look at situations and walk them out. If I think I don't have to do that, then you're deceived. I know it's kind of hard. I know that sounds kind of, Pastor, you don't always talk like that. I know, but I only got a few more minutes. But it's the absolute truth. God doesn't want us deceived. He wants us understanding the value of living and receiving the mercy of God. We read scriptures that said, if you don't learn to give mercy, you won't receive mercy. And judgment without mercy is no good. See, God's judgment of us is bathed in mercy. So when I judge myself, not by myself, but by Him and His Word and what His Word says, then it'll liberate my life. And no condemnation, no feeling beat up because I made mistakes. God doesn't doesn't really care about our mistakes. What bothers God is that we continue to make the same ones over and over again. And we don't get free of it. Romans chapter 14 and verse 4. Who are you to judge another's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. Verse 8. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, 
we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and he rose again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? That's what it is more than anything, showing contempt for other people. Notice he said your brother. And here he's not talking about necessarily just your blood brother, but he's talking about people that are born again. He said, why are you judging your brother? Or showing contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord. Watch this. We use this. I, I think I even quoted it earlier when we were talking about the name of Jesus. And we quote this a certain way. But look where this, this verse of Scripture actually is connected to, where it's connected. He says this, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Where? At the judgment seat of Christ. On the other side. See? Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore. When? Now. Right? Because he don't want you to get to the judgment seat of Christ, and then you got to, you know, you've got this scroll that you got to pull out, and you know, Lord, I, well, I, I know, I, I know, Pastor preached on that, but I, you know, I, I just felt like I had to this and that, and you know what? That kind of stuff doesn't hold up at the judgment seat of Christ. You say, well, what happens at the judgment seat of Christ? That's where you get rewarded or not. Does that matter to us? Well, the way I'm seeing that is this. (laughs) I'm taking what I'm sharing with you, I'm taking it serious in my own personal life. So, I'm walking around learning how not to judge. So, when my season comes, way on down the road, when my season comes and I step over to the other side, I get rewards. I mean, am I doing it for the rewards? Come on. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I feel rewarded because of the fact that I can actually bow my knee all the way to the ground. I can bow my knee to ungodly actions and things that people do and not be moved by it. Man, in this life, that's, I feel like I'm walking around with a trophy. I didn't know that I could do that. There were certain things that I was carrying around for a number of years in my walk with God that I didn't know that I could get rid of those things. But today I am. Today I'm continually getting rid of them. But by faith, I'm over it. <laughs> I'm done. I'm not saying every little thing is in line and perfect, but I'm saying I'm done with judgment. I'm a mercy grace man, but I'm, I'm about mercy and grace according to the Bible. Not just grace covers everything and there's no responsibilities. And no, no, no. God, the, the true judge, has already judged everything. And you go murder somebody, even though we're not under the law anymore, you go murder somebody and you're going to pay. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, that's right. 
oh, God, God judged, judged. No, he, God didn't judge anybody. He already judged us. So I'm learning, I, I, I'm learning to stay out of that kind of judgment by judging myself first. Did you hear me? I'm staying out of that kind of judgment by judging me. Because when I judge me, then I'm judged by the Word of God, but the mercy of God. Now I'm forgiven, and you remember the passage, Matthew 7, where he went on and he said, why, why are you looking at that little thing in your, in your friend's eye? When, when you're, you're that telephone pole that's sticking out of your eye, you're not looking at that at all. And that telephone pole is that judgment. It's that spirit of judging that God wants you and I to be liberated and free from. I've got to finish this up. So then each one of us shall give account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore here, but rather resolve this. Let's resolve this judgment thing. Not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in your brother's way. So, when other people are screwing up and they're doing wrong, hmm, it's like there's a little bit more responsibility on me who is spiritual to do what's right and lead the way. And Jesus actually said, one translation in Luke 6, he said, the way you want people to treat you, you take the first step, you treat them the way you want to be treated. That liberates you and them. That's what he's saying. So, just remember this as we read this last passage here. Two things. It's not time to judge here. This is not the time for judgment. Judgment's on the other side. And judgment has to do with the word judging me through me. But the other thing to constantly remember is you ain't the judge. Bad English, but you get my point. So I want to read this story here in John 5 and bring this to a close. And I want you to see something here that to me is life-changing. And it actually supports everything that I've said tonight in this passage of Scripture. John chapter 5 and verse 21. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom He will. For the Father, for the Father, for the Father judges no one. The Father judges no one. This is Jesus. This is John 5. This is Jesus when He was on the earth here. The Father judges no one but has committed all judgment to the Son. That all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Because, see, he was talking to a group of people that were all about Father Abraham and about God the Father, not the Messiah. And now he's saying, you need to honor me the way you honor the Father because the Father's not judging anything. He's given that that role to me, and, and watch what he says a little bit farther down. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. 
Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment. He who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. So, everybody in here tonight that's a believer, you've passed from death to life. You're not going to be judged unless you choose to judge. Did you hear me? Really important that you just heard what I said. You're not going to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ because you believe in Him unless you choose to judge here. For as the Father has life in Himself, so He has granted the Son to have life in Himself and has given Him, the Father has given Him, Jesus, authority to execute judgment also because He is the Son of, he is the son of who? Man. Someone might say, well, you know, how, how can the Father know what we go through and what we deal with? So you know what? Father can do whatever Father wants. But Father set it up just to cover what we're talking about in this message right here. Just to cover all this, He set it up this way. I didn't become flesh. Jesus did. The Word did. Hmm? So the Word was tested and it was tempted and tested at all points, yet without sin, able to come to the aid of those that are. No judgment is coming from the Father because Father gave it to the one who is our elder brother that experienced everything we experienced, so we got no stinking excuse. So, when that season comes for you to step over to the other side, if you'll learn here how not to judge, but to operate in grace and mercy, how to pray for people, forgive people, how to understand what that really looks like. Listen, that, that, that is not a person, the image of that is not a person that sticks their head in the sand and does nothing. Man, I'm telling you, that's a person that's going to be actively learning how to hear and how to navigate through situations that you face. Being angry with something one moment, praying in the Spirit, asking God for help, asking God to show you how to navigate this situation, how to get on the, how to get on the aggressive end of the Word, not your emotions. How do I aggressively get in the Word and begin to pray for people and make declarations over people instead of judging their lives? Listen to me, I'm going to take the statement in Proverbs 15.33, and I'm going to say this. The Shekinah glory is wanting to manifest, but it takes the removing of this. I mean, I've given you over a hundred scriptures on mercy and grace and judgment. I mean, if I go back and count every one of them, well, probably not quite that many. 
maybe 50 to 75, giving you a bunch of scriptures, and there's a whole lot more. But we have to realize that the Word of God, Jesus Himself is the living Word. In the beginning, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and now, through the Holy Spirit, that Word lives on the inside of you and I. That's why I have to have a daily routine of it, and it's got to be real to me until I believe it. If I don't, if I don't believe the Word, then I won't quit doing what I'm doing, and I'm telling you, everybody's passed judgment on something this week. So we're all in the same boat. Don't tell me you haven't. Huh? You, you, you know what I, you know where, uh, I had a thought, which was a judgment, about a street person in town hauling a bunch of stuff, and I had this judgment about that person. I mean, I'm talking about like that quick. And the Holy Spirit says, you don't know that person. You don't know anything about that person. You're judging them based on looks. You're judging them based on the way it appears to be. You know nothing about them. He said, what are you going to do about that? I know what it looks like. And I know probably that's what it is. And there's things that are going on with that person. And, you know, they're in a tough situation and all this kind of stuff. What are you going to do about it? I've seen that person a lot. But for some reason, when I saw him the other, a couple of days ago, I had this thought. And the Lord said, what are you going to do about it? Boom. Speaking over him. Every day. See, just going and helping somebody, I mean, I've helped hundreds and hundreds of people through the years that needed food or they needed this or whatever. If I, I'll help somebody today. If they come up to me and they need something to eat, I'll feed them. Do you hear what I'm saying? But food's not going to deliver them. You, being led by the Spirit of God, speaking over their life and beginning to declare over them, and, and you say, well, yeah, well, maybe I'll never see that person again. Yeah, you will on the other side, especially if you'll speak over them. Because the words you speak will not return void. They'll accomplish what they were set out to accomplish, and that person will become set free in the name of Jesus if you believe the Word. I believe that everything that I say, that's why, I mean, I mean, more and more all the time, more of my day is being consumed with the declaration of the Word because it's going out there and it's changing things. And the Scripture says the angels of God take the spoken Word and they do something with it and they make sure that that Word comes to pass. It's double duty. (laughs) It's what I believe. And then the angels of God, because they see I believe it, they're making sure that's getting done. We're changing the planet, folks. What I'm talking to you about is liberty and freedom. That's the ministry that he gave us, was to be free, to administer that freedom into other people's lives. I wasn't going to read this verse, but I'm going to read it anyway. 1 John. No, no, not 1 John. Uh, 1 Corinthians 4. In verse 1, let a a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards 
of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. But with me, it's a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. One translation says, I don't judge myself by myself. For I know of nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this. Well, you know, I'm doing it good enough. I mean, you know, there's not really anything. I don't think I'm really judging anybody, and I'm not. No, that's when you judge yourself by yourself. But Paul said, I'm not justified by this. But he who judges me is who? The Lord Jesus Christ, the living word who is given the authority to judge through the Word, which is bathed in mercy and grace. So He forgives us, but He's empowering us to do what's right. You know, I mean, there, there's, some, there's some, you know, people take teachings and go to the extreme on one end or the other. And there's some grace and mercy teaching out there that goes a little bit far for me. You know, but that's all right. You do whatever you got to do. I'm not going to pass judgment on somebody like that. But you got to allow the totality of grace and mercy to become alive inside of you. Yes, it's God's unmerited favor. Yes, it's, it's all of this forgiveness and everything else. But it's the empowerment to get on top of things and do what's right. And that's what all of this is bathed in. He said, therefore, judge nothing before What time? Judgment seat of Christ. He said, judge nothing before the time. Everybody say, it ain't time. Say it again. Say it two more times. It ain't time to judge. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring light Bring to light the hidden things of darkness, reveal the counsels of the hearts, then each one's praise will come from God. Each person's praise then will, be, will come from God. And listen, when it's your season from this life to the next life, see this earth is it's here for a while, but it's going to be gone. He's going to make a new one. I don't like old worn out stuff. How about you? I want the new stuff. And he's making a new one. And when we pass over to the other side, we get to be here for a thousand years. We're going to be here a thousand years with him. Living and operating and doing things on this planet with him. How glorious. huh? But when we step over to the other side, I want to step over with this freedom that I already have that I don't have to get by spending time in, you know, Faith 101 for the next 10 years to get what I wouldn't allow myself to get here. And the reason that's so important is because of the resistance against your faith here. All the thought, up there there's no resistance. There's no devil in heaven. (laughs) Thank God for that place. But God wants us stepping over into that without all this baggage of this judgment that we're pulling in. But you've got to learn to do it here. And God wants you and I to be good at it. Really, really good at it. 
Amen. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.